Hello and welcome to Deer Tracks. Welcome back to my neck of the woods for another episode of the Deer Tracks podcast. My name is James Kibbe, and I'm delighted every week to bring you some wonderful poems from some wonderful poets, as well as share some of my own and share those uh, of the listeners, uh, you, in fact. Um, this is actually the last episode for the season. Um, I, As I announced last week in episode 9, which I hope you had time to check out. If not, uh, please go check that out. It was a fun episode to put together as I paid homage to um, America's pastime, baseball. So if you're, especially if you're a baseball fan, you might enjoy that. Anyway, as I said last week, that I've decided to do uh, the podcast in seasons. So do like a 10-episode season. Uh, This allows me some time to uh, take a break, to spend some time writing and, and focused in other areas. And to be able to concentrate my effort with this podcast because just doing week to week to week and in my week it's so busy with so many other things that I'm doing it's very easy to get burned out and to not put a hundred percent into what I'm doing so I thought it would be best for me to do 10 episodes take a break for the summer and then come back strong in the fall and do another season so I hope that you can stick with me Please uh, share this podcast with friends and family. Please like the podcast uh, or my page on Facebook. If you just search James Kibbe, you can uh, like my page there uh, to stay up to date. You can also follow me on Instagram at poetry.deertracks. And you can follow me on Twitter at Kibbe underscore poetry. Uh, These are great ways to stay connected uh, during this time, during this break. And I look forward after this episode uh, to the next season, which will start up again in the fall and starting up strong with just some more wonderful poems. And I hope that I can have some of yours as well. And you can, even during the break, you can send those to me at poetry.deertracks at gmail.com. So for this episode, I've got three poems set out for you. Actually, one of them is one that I shared in our earlier episode, but I actually worked on it uh, some more and and revised it and set it to music. So it's going to be a ballad. Uh, so that will happen a little bit later in the episode. Uh, but to start things off, I wanted to do a sonnet from none other than William Shakespeare. So hopefully, if you like Shakespeare and if you uh, have been hoping that maybe I share some Shakespeare, seeing as that I've been sharing a lot of uh, poems from older poets. Well, this is the episode. You've, you, you're getting what you've asked for. And this is actually a pretty well-known sonnet. It's Sonnet 18, Shall I Compare Thee to a Summer's Day? Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often is his gold complexion dimmed, and every fair from fair sometime declines, by chance or nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, 
nor lose possession of that fair thou owest, nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade, when in eternal lines to time thou growest. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see, so long lives this, and this gives life to thee. So that was William Shakespeare's Shall I Compare Thee to a Summer's Day, and I hope you enjoyed my reading of it. Um, I tried to be a little bit dramatic. I don't like to be over dramatic because I really want the the words of the poems to uh, communicate uh, and, and speak for themselves. Uh, so I try not to do too much with them to elicit some sort of emotional response or anything because I do believe that good poems like that uh, do that just on their own. And so I just want to be respectful to that. And that's uh, why, if you're wondering why, I'm probably not as dramatic of a reader. Um, and, I, and I try to stay relatively within the, the meter, though it's, it's you know, I might not get that right uh, sometimes. So so if I don't, uh, forgive me. I, I am doing my best with reading these. But I do appreciate everybody that's been listening every week and I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please leave a five-star rating and review on any podcast catcher that you're uh, ex- experiencing these podcasts, uh, whether it be Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, iHeartRadio. This podcast is available pretty much a lot of those places, Pocket Cast, whatever. Um, so please leave a rating and review. I would love to get your feedback on that. And you can also send your feedback to poetry.deertracks at gmail.com as well. This next poem is one that I had mentioned earlier as one that I wrote that I had revised. Um, I shared this poem in an earlier episode of this podcast and, like I said, went through, revised it. And I think that's something that uh, any writer, poet, you know, you'll always want to be open to revision. You know, these are living things. You know, if a, if you look at your art as kind of a living thing in a way, not, not in a, not in a real sense, like it's an actual living thing, but, you know, looking at it in maybe a more metaphorical sense of it being a living thing, a living document, um, that means that it's open for revision because it grows as you grow, as your understanding grows as, as a person. Uh, as you experience life and you go throughout and you learn th- new things, you know, you learn things that maybe you were wrong about and then you learn things that maybe you were right about but you thought you were wrong. I don't know. And anyway, hopefully you're kind of getting what I'm saying here. But I do think, again, just saying that we should always be open for revisioning. And you'll see that a lot of poets throughout the years will revise their poems, will change it up, will will um, republish them you know, a little different um, than what they first published them. And again, that's because it the poem grows as, as you grow in, in many respects. So that's sort of what I did here. I revised it. Um, this was my poem about the Civil War, and I thought it would be appropriate because uh, this Monday, or, or today actually, uh, we are celebrating in the United States Memorial Day. And I know that Canada, I believe they had already celebrated that. Um, so, but anyway, I thought it would be appropriate uh, for these next two poems, so this one and then the one after that, that we would have uh, sort of a, a remembrance of uh, of war, of the people that fought the war or that were involved in, in some way. Um, and I want to thank all those who are currently serving in our military, those that have served... Um, 
in the past, and I especially um, want to remember and honor all those who have given their lives um, serving uh, our country. So I want to thank you, and I pray for the families that are out there who have lost loved ones um, in combat and in military service. Pray that uh, you would receive uh, comfort and blessing uh, this day as you remember your loved one and all those who have um, died in, in service of this country. So thank you. So this poem that I'm going to share with you, I did in song form, uh, so I hope you enjoy that. And the title of it is When the Morning Comes, Civil War Ballad. Oh, when the morning comes, oh, when the day begins, oh, fields of smoke and as one we rise again to make ready our rifles to fall into form and stand at attention before the coming storm i've seen ghosts in the mist cries drone throughout these fields even death even death Born men refuse to yield Their cannon still echo A fight for home and hearth Some under stars and stripes Some under stars and bars These were the free and brave Whom vaunted songs proclaimed who shook the ground of every hill and every plain Hallowed by the leaded blood Rained upon the dirt Memory and lifeless stone Laid on solemn earth And like them I have joined And marched to five and drum I've heard the whistling balls, I've heard the barrels hum, I've seen a company hold down by shot and shell, I've breathed the soot of Hades, felt the fire of hell. calls us home It's requiem composed of solitary tones One last watch in the night before our eyelids close One more dawn to break upon these bodies Oh, when the morning comes Oh, when the day Fields of smoke and ash As one we 
stand at attention before the coming storm. So that was When the Morning Comes, Civil War Ballad. Again, I hope you enjoyed that, and I just wanted to say that the I in there is not me personally. I'm writing from the perspective of somebody fighting in the Civil War, so hopefully that came through clear. Um, I myself have not uh, served in the military, but again, I do really appreciate and respect those who do. So, And again, um, that, that's part of the writing a lot of times is that we can come from a certain character. We don't necessarily have to write necessarily from our experience but we can, through writing, through through uh, either writing poetry or, or novels or, or short stories, we can um, write in a way to try to experience what uh, people at that time, soldiers at that time, you know, whatever you're writing, um, what they're experiencing. And you can sort of entertain some of those questions of what it was like, what was their response, all, you know, all those uh, questions that, you know, when we think about the people involved in those situations, um, we can sort of entertain those and, and uh, you know, have a little bit of um, fun with that, I guess, in a way, um, in a sense that, uh, you know, be creative and, and uh, certainly put a more personified uh, nature to the names and, and even the nameless, uh, countless nameless who had served and, and died uh, during these times, so... Anyway, again, hope you enjoyed that and, and hope you enjoyed the musical nature of it. This last one here, I decided to end on a, on a, on a very uh, familiar note. And if you haven't guessed before, I, I do have an affinity for U.S. history, American history, um, and hence the previous poem with being about the Civil War. So... This one here is from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and I've shared a poem from him before. Um, he is a world-renowned poet back in his time, um, and this is probably one of his most famous pieces of poetry, and it's titled The Landlord's Tale, Paul Revere's Ride. Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. On the 18th of April in 75, hardly a man is now alive who remembers that famous day and year. He said to his friend, if the British march by land or sea from the town tonight, hang a lantern aloft in the belfry arch of the North Church Tower as a signal light, one if by land and two if by sea, and I on the opposite shore will be ready to ride and spread the alarm through every Middlesex village and farm for the country folk to be up and to arm. Then he said good night and with muffled oar silently rode to the Charlestown shore just as the moon rose over the bay where swinging wide at her moorings lay the Somerset British man of war a phantom ship with each mast and spar across the moon like a prison bar and a huge black hulk that was magnified by its own reflection in the tide. Meanwhile, his friend, 
through alley and street, wanders and watches with eager ears, till in the silence around him he hears the muster of men at the barrack door, the sound of arms and the tramp of feet, and the measured tread of the grenadiers, marching down to their boats on the shore. Then he climbed to the tower of the Old North Church, by the wooden stairs with stealthy tread, to the belfry chamber overhead, and startled the pigeons from their perch, on the somber rafters that round him made, masses and moving shapes of shade, by the trembling ladder steep and tall, to the highest window in the wall, where he paused to listen and look down, a moment on the roofs of the town, and the moonlight flowing over all, beneath in the churchyard lay the dead, in their night encampment on the hill, wrapped in silence so deep and still, that he could hear like a sentinel's tread the watchful night wind as it went, creeping along from tent to tent, and seeming to whisper, all is well. A moment only he feels the spell of the place and the hour and the secret dread of the lonely belfry and the dead, for suddenly all his thoughts are bent on a shadowy something far away, where the river widens to meet the bay, a line of black that bends and floats on the rising tide like a bridge of boats. Meanwhile, impatient to mount and ride, booted and spurred with a heavy stride, on the opposite shore walked Paul Revere. Now he patted his horse's side, now gazed at the landscape far and near, then impetuous stamped the earth, and turned and tightened his saddle girth. But mostly he watched with eager search the belfry tower of the old North Church. As it rose above the graves on the hill, lonely and spectral and somber and still, and lo, as he looks on the belfry's height, a glimmer and then a gleam of light. He springs to the saddle, the bridle he turns, but lingers and gazes till full on his sight. A second lamp in the belfry burns, a hurry of hoofs in a village street, a shape in the moonlight, a bulk in the dark, and beneath from the pebbles in passing a spark. Struck out by a steed flying fearless and fleet, that was all, and yet, through the gloom and the light, the fate of a nation was riding that night, and the spark struck out by that steed in his flight kindled the land into flame with its heat. He has left the village and mounted the steep, and beneath him tranquil and broad and deep is the mystic meeting the ocean tides, and under the alders that skirt its edge, now soft on the sand, now loud on the ledge, is heard the tramp of his steed as he rides. It was twelve by the village clock when he crossed the bridge into Medford town. He heard the crowing of the cock and the barking of the farmer's dog and felt the damp of the river fog that rises after the sun goes down. It was one by the village clock where he galloped into Lexington. He saw the gilded weathercock swim in the moonlight as he passed and the meeting house windows blank and bare gaze at him with a spectral glare as if they already stood aghast at the bloody work they would look upon. It was two by the village clock when he came to the bridge in Concord town. He heard the bleeding of the flock and the twitter of birds among the trees and felt the breath of the morning breeze blowing over the meadows brown and one was safe and asleep in his bed who at the bridge would be first to fall who that day would be lying dead, pierced by a British musket ball. You know the rest, in the books you have read, how the British regulars fired and fled, how the farmers gave them ball for ball, 
from behind each fence and farmyard wall, chasing the redcoats down the lane, then crossing the fields to emerge again, under the trees at the turn of the road, and only pausing to fire and load. So through the night rode Paul Revere, and so through the night went his cry of alarm, to every Middlesex village and farm, a cry of defiance and not of fear, a voice in the darkness, a knock at the door, and a word that shall echo forevermore. For born on the night wind of the past, through all our history to the last, in the hour of darkness and peril and need, that people will waken and listen to hear the hurrying hoofbeats of that steed and the midnight message of Paul Revere. That was The Landlord's Tale, Paul Revere's Ride, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I hope you've enjoyed this season of the Deer Tracks podcast. Again, I look forward to sharing more poems with you in the future um, when we start up again in the fall, so please hang tight with me. Again, if you want to connect with me, you can do so via Facebook at poetry.deertracks. You can also follow me on Instagram at poetry.deertracks and on Twitter at kibby underscore poetry. So again, please connect with me there. Please leave a five-star rating and review of the podcast. Share it with friends and family. And again, I hope you've enjoyed this. Thank you so much for tuning in these 10 episodes. Um, I've enjoyed putting them together for you and I hope that you have enjoyed uh, what I've been doing. So and I look forward to hearing uh, from you. So again, if you have any comments, um, questions, uh, you know, I'm always up to improving. So if there's any way that I can improve this podcast, please uh, share that uh, with me as well. And you can send that to poetry.deertracks at gmail.com. So until our paths cross again, this is James Kibbe saying, see the beautiful, know the beautiful, be the beautiful. Take care.